0: This podcast is hosted on Hubhopper Studio. Hubhopper Studio is India's leading podcast hosting and distribution platform. The platform is absolutely free and it helps our podcast reach the right Indian audience by getting it out not only to the audio streaming platforms such as Spotify and Google Podcasts, but also on Indian platforms like Ghana, Wink Music, and many more. If you or someone you know is thinking of starting a podcast, check out the Hubhopper Studio website. That is H-U-B-H-O-P-P-E-R studio.com.
1: This podcast is brought to you by 411 Fightwear, an e-commerce platform that's redefining the local fightwear industry. You can check them out at 411fightwear.com and also on Instagram at 411fightwear. That's 411fightwear.
0: Yeah, we are live. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Leverage Radio. Today, we have with us Professor Caleb Khan. Caleb is a black belt under Eduardo Fraga and the legendary Half Gracie. Uh, yeah, I was right. That's his team correct. has his team does a ton of great work in local communities. We are really excited to speak to him. Caleb, welcome to our little podcast. How are you doing, man?
2: I'm good, Mohit. Thank you. Just uh, got off the mat, training with my fiance a little bit. Anita, um, she's a terror. And uh, I'm lucky to have her as a training partner. So feeling good right now. Got the endorphins going and everything. How are you doing?
0: I'm good too, man. You are really lucky to have a partner, wife, fiance, who is training jujitsu with you. Because I have tried my level best to get my wife into doing some jujitsu. But she's just like, she's like, I'll do my striking. I'm fine with that but I don't want to get other people's sweat on top of me. So yeah. I'm like, I'm like, that's fair. Like you can, you can give somebody that.
2: Well, between you and me, I mean, she'll listen to this later. She's not, she's <laughs> not in the room right now. Um, it can be hard. You know, it's not, it's not as like easy as people imagine. Cause people say that a lot. Oh, that's so great. But you know, it's, it's hard because we're in a relationship, but then also there's like, you know, I'm a black belt and I'm the professor on the map. But then again, you know, she's my partner in life and, you know, I just, um, things can get a little bit, uh, blurred. So, you know, we, we have to communicate differently. I can't expect the same thing. Like I, I usually actually don't coach her at tournaments, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm Mm -hmm. like, I will let my instructor coach or, you know, some of my teammates coach. Um, and I'll just say little things, but, you know, I, I will coach her, but, uh, you know, usually I'll leave it to my instructor and stuff like that.
0: It gets a little too close to home, right? Like you, you want them to do so well, but like you can't be overly pushy. Like, exactly. So That's exactly I, I, it. I completely get it. Like with her, I've tried, like I've really tried to get her into the basics of it. Like, okay, let's just try some grip breaks and let's just try, you know, like if somebody comes and grabs you from behind let's just do the self-defense work of it, which is critical. Um she did it but she's like man I don't want to keep doing it like I get it you are there you you're my husband you can fucking protect me I was like god damn it
2: yeah.
0: she, is, she is right
2: <laughs> well if she's a striker you know that's great for keeping the distance you know yeah. she's doing some kind of martial art that's really great
0: yeah the bare minimum but uh, i i i'm going to try harder to convince her in the future i think someday it might just happen maybe in the ghee um yes she would definitely do that so you are the driving force behind and the chief grappling officer behind the guardian gym. Is that correct?
2: You've done your research.
0: Yes, yeah. Yes so,
2: so, um, so guardian gym started in 2015. Um, <clears throat> the idea was um, started with uh, Ben Kovacs and Joel uh, Lungfield who, um, started the gym and started the, you know, took out the paperwork and found the donors and, you know, did all the fundraising and right. they, they got the gym going. And they first started with a boxing coach in this really small place in downtown Oakland and Ben's a jiu-jitsu guy and he wanted jujitsu to be a big part of it. So um, he trains at Half Gracie Berkeley and um, I had just gotten my black belt and the owner of Half Gracie Berkeley suggested me, to be the instructor so here I am five years later at first it was just like a two time a week thing and we were begging people to come into the gym you know Mm -hmm. we're like please come in you know like just just come and train like you know just and Ben would like bring his friend and it would just be me him and his friend training and I was just like I don't know if this place is gonna last um but it just exploded oh we got it we got a visitor yes Ashwin
0: my sack nice. of shit friend <laughs> has decided to join us after me incessantly calling him. But uh, Caleb, Ashwin, Ashwin, Caleb.
2: Nice to meet you, brother.
0: <laughs> maybe,
2: maybe he's still turning on his sound.
0: I think, I think that's it. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. He might just leave yeah. this. But um, sorry, so you were telling me about the Guardian. I change. was
2: basically begging people to come right, in at right. that point. And before we knew it, the place blew up. I mean, it just exploded with, with people and kids. And to talk a little bit about the program, we're a 501 C three nonprofit. We provide free training for kids. So all kids under 18 train for free and a few of our alumni continue to train for free. Um, so, you know, I, I, jujitsu has had a big impact on my life as a youth and, um, it's, has given me so much beyond jujitsu like it gave me a community and um it gave me um something that i really needed as someone who felt kind of lost in the world you know and it gave me an identity that was really crucial and it ended up giving me a career so yeah i'm super lucky to have guardian
0: like what do you think you are up to
1: hey, sorry you without yes we can <laughs> what's up brother sorry, what <laughs> My internet is creating havoc. Uh, how are you, man? I'm Ashwin. Good. Good, man. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, man. Yeah. All right. Sorry, sorry, guys. Go ahead, boy.
0: It's all right. So, Caleb, I was asking, when did you start doing jujitsu? That's 2007, uh, around that time. Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, um, I started. I started uh, grappling in middle school. You know, like I was. <clears throat> coming up, like I was always like athletic. I liked doing sports, but you know, I didn't like baseball. I didn't like basketball. Um, I wasn't that fast. I wasn't, you know, that like big or strong, but there, but then I found wrestling and there was something about wrestling where it's just like so intense, you know, it's just you and that other person you Mm -hmm. can't hide. Um, and it almost like channeled my intensity that I never knew I had and kind of, allowed me to release it and I just loved it and I did it in high school and um but then after high school you know I didn't I didn't go to traditional four-year college I was kind of just hanging around uh locally and one of my coaches was a black belt and he's like yo you should do jujitsu and I'm like Jitsu, that stuff's so weird you know you wear that jacket and that like I didn't want to go near a mat without wrestling shoes and knee pads right. you know and I didn't <laughs> I did like on my first day of jujitsu, I wore this like ill fitted gi that like looks like a lab coat. You know, I was just like, this is not cool. Like I'm wearing a white belt. Like this guy's wearing this like dope, like fitted gi, like him, like you know? Um, but what actually really pulled me in was, um, you know, um, well, and actually I trained jujitsu before. So I knew, I was like, I don't really like this. You know, I got tapped out. I was like, this is dumb. I'd just rather do wrestling. But um my the second time I went to try it I I rolled with a female who's now a black belt Mm -hmm. uh Nia Doyle and I was rolling with her and she like just so smoothly like ah like got me in an arm bar and got me in a triangle and I was just like hooked I was like oh my gosh like this stuff works you know and it was it was um it was kind of like that smoothness you know yeah it wasn't
0: like painful like somebody's just like on your ribs and you know it's not grinding on you but you're like wow somebody's just like basically moving around me and Mm -hmm. destroying me at will and that kind of sells you on that idea that this is magic there's some that is the dark arts exist in this
2: yeah. I mean, the first class I took, like when I was 16, you know, my, my wrestling coach brought me in once I went against this like 30 year old and he just like put me in the gnarliest like triangle and just like cranked my arm. And I was like, yeah, what the fu-? like, I didn't yeah. know how to tap or anything, you know, I just, and, and I was like, this is dumb, you know, and then, and then I trained with Nia and it was a much better experience. And I just got hooked. You know, I was, I started training uh, I changed my work schedule so I could train every day and I started competing and I lived in Brazil for six months
1: and um yeah it was I really in Brazil for six months. What was that like?
2: Yeah, so I um I got my blue belt about like a little over a year after starting jujitsu and I just needed like um something to do. I just I was like, you know. I, I need to like have a life experience, and so I was like, I'm gonna go to Brazil and train. And I had I didn't know any Portuguese. I just I booked a ticket and a hostel, and I had a business card of Gordo, a Gordo's Academy in uh, in Baja Tijuca, so. Little did I know, I booked a hostel that was like 30 miles away. So I had to take like five bucks. It was like a whole adventure, but I got there and they were so nice. And that's where I met Dennis Ash, who I actually interviewed um, in one of my uh, virtual road trip interviews. And he like set me up with a place. He actually separated my shoulder, right? I rolled with him on like my second day and he separated my shoulder and he's like, oh, let me set you up with a place to live. So he,
1: (laughs) he's a really great guy. So, um, but but, uh, uh, how, how much of a language barrier is there really um, if you were down there training with them
0: for and you don't speak any other classes in
1: Portuguese <laughs> or do they translate for you well the cool thing
2: is if you get to the academy jiu-jitsu is a language right like <laughs> I think the definition of a community is you know people and and so, a shared interest and some way to communicate right so that's what jiu-jitsu is so I didn't we had a shared interest and like Almost like the movements are a way to communicate. So I actually learned Portuguese fairly fast. Jiu-jitsu Portuguese, right? <laughs> I couldn't like talk about politics or anything. Boha,
0: uh, that's like half of it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so like I could understand, hey, grab the arm. You know, this right. is a lapel. This right. is your arm, right? So like that helped me, um, that helped me like figure figure Portuguese out you know, a little bit faster. Um, but I didn't know anything. I literally didn't know anything. And um, it almost made it a little bit better because I was like, you know, just really immersed, you know. So you were like
0: learning, a, through, like learning like through like the like visual of it. Like you if you can't understand what they're saying, you really have to pay attention to, okay, where's his knee? Where, where's the elbow? How is he tucking this in? So I think mm-hmm. that would have been an interesting experience because... The language is not, like, that's not, you know, making sense. But the other stuff, it all makes sense.
2: Exactly. Yeah. I think I think so. And actually, my first instructor was a brown belt, and he didn't speak a word of English. He didn't speak mm. a word of English. But he was still able to teach classes. And in one of my interviews with my instructor, Eduardo, um, he told the story about how he, like, he had to run classes without knowing English, you know? I mean, that's that's kind of, that that used to be pretty common is you had an instructor who didn't speak English back in the day.
1: Uh, um, we have uh, one of my, my students over here. Um, He's been training a while, and uh, he barely spoke any English when he started out. So he spoke uh, his native language here, which is Hindi. And uh, he literally can speak enough at, at one point could speak enough English only to teach a class. Mm. So, so he'd teach a class in basically word for word as I would teach it. And he just spit out like enough words, to like get the class done. And so it's pretty cool to see that happening with uh, these guys here as well. Um, mm. But I've also heard that uh, the Brazilians, they, they hold back on some stuff that they wouldn't tell people <laughs> who were visiting. Mm -hmm. Is that, is that true? Or, uh, I mean, is that something you noticed when you were there?
2: Well, I became friends with a couple of the Brazilians, you know, I kind of, I really immersed myself and I was lucky to, um, I don't know, they just like one or two of them liked me. (laughs) So they were really (laughs) nice to me. And, um, one thing that I noticed with Brazilians is if they're making fun of you, and they're talking shit about you, that means they like you. Mm-hmm. But if they're super <laughs> nice to you and call <laughs> you your friend, you know, that means they don't like you. Some things and, oh, interesting. I mean, the thing about the Brazil, I think in Brazil, there's this, there's this like, um, you know, there's the gringos and gringos is not just white people. Gringo is anyone. Gringo, you can be, you, can, you guys are gringos. If you go to Brazil, right. you're a gringo, right? Because right. you're just not from Brazil, right? right? And, um, and so gringos come down and they kind of like, they, and I was actually told I was doing this a little bit too. And I had to tone it down. Like you go down there and you think it's a competition, but no, you're just going to a gym and you know, there are like the competitors, but there are also people that just want to train, you know? So it's like, yo, American chill, you know, like you got it. You got to to respect you know, this isn't the world championships. Like this is a gym and we have people who have day jobs that are doctors and dentists and, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, mothers and fathers and, you know, people that don't just train. And if you want to just train, Hey, there's Braganetto. We're going to throw you in with him and he's just going to rip your freaking head off, you know? Um, so, but actually they were super cool. Like I got to train with Rafael dos Sanchos when I was there.
0: Nice. Oh shit.
2: Yeah, and he he was getting ready for the Tyson-Griffin fight. And if you guys haven't watched that fight, watch that fight. It is epic.
1: It, Dude, they, this yeah. is – yeah, sorry, go ahead.
2: So um, they caught wind that I had wrestled in high school, and somehow, like, they convinced Rafael. And actually, the funny thing is I had wrestled in high school with Tyson, right? And they caught wind that I wrestled, and they're like – you you're going to go train with Rafael. So I had a one-on-one sparring session with Rafael for like an hour this and a half. This
1: was a while back, right? This was what, 2010? 2009. 2009? Oh, shit. 2009. a while ago. And yeah. uh, so how was that, man? Uh, he wasn't as, uh, I mean, I remember that he really got into his... his uh,
0: Peak right after maybe 2012. Right after that, 13, I think,
1: 15. a couple of years after that it was yeah. right
2: after this fight so he was coming off of a really bad knockout with um uh jeremy stevens and then right. and then he fought tyson and then he kind of he had like he was starting to like after that like a couple more fights he won the title right right he he took yeah, yeah, yeah. it from benson henderson and he just like He yeah, know
1: that fucking meme you know? yeah I remember that
2: oh oh man he just
1: like he blew up after how much
0: bigger that. is he then? is he bigger than you?
2: Um, he is, gosh,
0: I
1: can't remember.
0: Now, at least now he looks massive.
2: He put on a lot of weight. Yeah, because he yeah. jumped up to <laughs> welterweight. But yeah. he was training at Gordo's because Gordo was kind of the MMA coach of um, Gracie Baja. Gracie Baja is, is from Baja da Tijuca. Like, mm-hmm. it's basically like, basically like Gracie, I don't know, what city are you guys in? Delhi. Delhi, so it's like Gracie Delhi, right there but right. the first Gracie Baja was in the Baja. town called Baja so mm. that's that's where I was but I was like four blocks away at Gordo's so Gordo kind of branched off and took all the MMA fighters including Rafael dos Sanchos so upstairs so they had a page the a,
1: what's that sorry was Gordo there at the time
2: yes he was
1: yeah he wasn't after I- that yeah, he he, he so was in this um, Gracie by had a full facility and everything, right? An MMA facility like 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 Henzo would have right now in New York. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. And, but and, but Gordo left Gracie
2: Baja and started his own gym like a mile and a half away. Right. Yeah. Okay. okay.
0: So were these the seeds for Journeyman Grappler, like your travels to Brazil and stuff like that?
2: So Journeyman Grappler actually um It was uh, it's just kind of like a funny term, you know, because like I don't know if you guys know the the definition of journeyman. Journeyman, it's almost like self-deprecating. A journeyman boxer (laughs) is like someone who's like, oh, 50 50 50 record. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. 50 50 record. Like, okay, oh, this guy pulled out just throwing a journeyman. You know, you can like, (laughs) it's just it's just someone who like does it for pay. So it's kind of a joke, but um, the the history of it is I would go to Santa Cruz a lot to train with my buddy and compete, and um, we, he went to UC Santa Cruz, and they had this really cool combatives room, so we would go there and train, and there were two guys training nogi, and um, this guy just, he had, like, a really cool vibe about him, and, you know, we were kind of talking techniques, and he was doing nogi, and we were doing gi, and he was showing us, like you know, some cool stuff that just like blew my mind. And, and I was like, where do you train? He's like, well, you know, I kind of train all over. I'm like a journeyman grappler. So if that guy's listening to this podcast, yo dude, shout out to you. (laughs) (laughs) You started the term. And I always kind of, it was always in the back of my head, you know, like, God, journeyman grappler, that's like such a funny alias, you know? And so it's basically, it's, um, I, I dub myself the journeyman grappler. Right. Um, because I'm not like a Keenan or a Hulk. Hey, maybe one day, who knows? But, um, you
1: know, I'm. you jump into a lot of uh, tournaments back in the day?
2: Yeah. So like early, early on, like white, blue, purple, I would compete a lot. And, um, you know, I would, I'd never won like a major, but I would make it to like the quarters of worlds and the quarters of pants and then like lose to like some stud, you know? And, uh, uh, you know, like, I, I won a couple tournaments at White, a couple per, at Purple. And actually, I hadn't won a tournament rec- until this last year at the Portland Open. It was the first time I won a tournament in, like, years. It was at Black oh. Belt Master One Portland Open.
3: Nice.
2: Um, so that was super cool. But, you know, I just, like, I just got back into competing because um, in, at Purple Belt, I tore my ACL. I had a really bad knee injury. Oh. And um and it wasn't just my ACL, my meniscus was all bad. And so the recovery was a little bit slower. And mm-hmm. and then, you know, I was like, you know what? Like I'm gonna go back to school. You know, I've been like lo- just a little bit too like uh tunnel vision on jujitsu. So I was training kinda slowed down, competing slowed down. I got my brown belt when I was in college and you know, I dabbled in some tournaments and um had some success, you know, had some failures. And then, um, was even thinking about grad school. And then that's when I kind of like aligned with guardian. Right. And then for a while I was like, am I going to do grad school? Am I going to do full-time jujitsu? And then guardian was just blowing up. And it just, I was like, man, I'm going to commit to this. I really, this is like something special. Like I knew there was something special about guardian and I wanted to be a part of it. And, um,
0: So yeah, you just guys, to you guys provide go into into
1: Guardian Gym then. Um, sorry, you guys uh, You really guys do a lot of, of good things. Oh my god! Moth, I'm literally talking right <laughs> now.
2: Come on! I love man. this.
1: <laughs> I feel like you guys are trying to do it. Uh, no, no, so you yeah, you guys do a lot of good, man. Uh, Guardian Gym. So tell us how so that started. Um, obviously, um, with this, but um, how does this work, man? What is um, the business model do this, and... Um,
0: yeah, that was going to be my This question. is,
1: like, pretty selfless. So, how, how does this work? So,
2: um, Mohit and I spoke briefly about it, and... Um, if you were here, here on time,
0: I assume. <laughs> yeah,
2: but I didn't get into the deep dive, so we'll do the deep dive right now. Um, Guardian Gym is a 501c3 nonprofit, and so, we yes, we train um, kids for free, boxing and jiu-jitsu, and... Um, Basically the business model is like the Tom's of Maine uh, shoe model where you buy a shoe and they give a shoe to like a kid in a, okay, or so they say. Um, so the idea is that you have a membership <laughs> and that then your membership pays for a child and Ben and Joel and Sasha kind of the, um, the, the brains of the whole operation figured that it, to to have a kid train is about like 50 to 70 ish dollars. So like if you, and so they made it a sliding scale. Do you want to sponsor one kid, two kids, three kids, right? 50 or $70, like a month, like to, to train a kid. Right. So, um, basically member adult memberships pays for the kids program, along with like outside donations, buying people, buying apparel and stuff like this. And, um, yeah, people making donations and all that. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how the business model works. We, we do boxing and jujitsu. Um, it's really been great. What, where I've seen a lot of success is with the high school-aged kids. So kids who were, like, about my age when I found wrestling, um, they just love it, you know. They would be in the gym every day. They would be um, just absolute monsters on the mat. They'd be
1: competing and stuff like that. And so, Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: That's kind of how it works. That's that's really and amazing. Again, man. sorry
1: if this question has come up again, but have you guys opened it? Um, are you guys back in business yet? Because a lot of kids come in, right?
2: Yeah, we used to have a ton of kids, right? We were because we just moved to this awesome location, right? This like amazing. It's like nine hundred square feet boxing ring, twenty five hundred square feet of mat, strength and conditioning area, a parking lot, a classroom, offices. Like it was just. Like, literally, if you were going to draw a gym, this this is, like, the perfect thing. But COVID had other plans, so everything shuts down. Um, But for the first time last week, and actually today, we did our first in-person kids class. So, yeah, that was really cool. But it was outside in the parking lot, masks, uh, six feet away. Um, It was a ton of fun. The kids were so happy to see us. A lot of these kids are in poor neighborhoods, East East Oakland, mm. um, East and West Oakland. And, um, you know, they live in apartments, like small apartments. They don't have backyards. You know, we talked to them. These kids got tired so fast. It was hilarious. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> you know? Even some of our most athletic kids, they got tired so fast. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? They're like, oh, we're just playing video games. just like waiting for school to start. Just, you know. So, um, you know, and it's really exciting dream. to
0: has happened get to just take off from school and sit and play video games.
2: Oh if, my gosh. I know. I know. Cause it's like, it's what kids want to <laughs> do kind of, but it's like you, you have to kind of get them to realize that there's actually other stuff they want to do too. Like once they, once they're exercising, they're having fun and they're yes. like, wait, this is fun too. And yeah. then they get that like after training, like excitement and happiness, endorphins and, endorphins and all that good stuff, you know? So, yeah, that's, uh, that's something we're really looking forward to is expanding that program, is the Outdoor Kids program. Because I, I honestly feel like Guardian is
1: more important now than it's ever than been. ever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, th- things are tough for, like, adults. I can't even imagine what kids who don't get to go outside and play feel like right now. Um, yeah, it must be so miserable. Tough. So just seeing you must have actually made a huge difference. But how did that work? How do like? How did you teach them? What did you guys actually go through? You just run through bodyweight yeah. exercises and drills. Mm-hmm. So the
2: original boxing coach and I, we were both there together, along with a couple other coaches, just to kind of like help, like you know, situate everyone. Right. And so. um you know, I've mostly been organizing and then the boxing coach has been kind of handling the training. So he, he did a ton of footwork drills, just some like shadow boxing. Um, I had the kids, you know, our parking lot isn't like the most flat or, um, it's just like level, a gnarly surface. Level. So. Yeah, it's not level. So I'm not having the kids put their hands on the ground. So it's all, it's all footwork. Right. And then we're thinking about bringing some, like padding outside so the kids maybe do some like sprawls and push-ups and more like grappling based stuff um, but honestly today we just we just like threw water balloons at each other we bought a ton of water <laughs> balloons. We, we were just like i think the kids just want to have fun so For sure. you know we just got water balloons and we're just throwing them at each other safely safely <laughs> masks That's on cool,
1: man yeah. because uh so Mohit used to take the kids class back at our academy uh, I'm not sure you guys have discussed it, but Mohit. Um, not at all. Well, Uh-oh. initially, he started losing his hair really fast. Um, so right, that happens. I'm kind of losing mine too. <laughs> <laughs> so, you. I mean, how do we, for somebody who's looking at, uh, well, people who've been doing this for a while and are looking to start taking kids' classes, because nobody wants to take kids' class, let's be honest with us. Um, how do I convince people to I mean, go and do this? I mean, is, you think it's an option? You think I'm gonna be able to convince people? Uh, because very selfless the way you guys do it, and uh, I don't think anybody wants to do that here.
2: Mohit, so are you guys training right now? Like, are you yes. talking pre-COVID or right now? You guys uh, are training. We're training.
1: Yeah. No, I mean... we're opening on the tenth. We open for business on the tenth.
2: Yeah. On on the tenth. Yeah. You yeah. opened on the tenth no, of July. we were going no, the
1: tenth to... of August. We are open. Uh,
2: okay. Um. So. One a retention is hard, especially in a free kids program, because there's no parent that's paying and dropping them off and saying, you have to do this. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, it's, it's a balance and I've kind of swung in two different directions. One extreme is like really hard training. Right. And then I've done the other extreme, which is like the really like kind of gentle, like little Relax. bit of sparring and when I get, when things hopefully get back, knock on wood, I'm going to go back to that kind of harder training. Right. To the point where it's like, if I want people to quit because it's too hard and not too easy. Yeah. And, and I think, I think I was too, so I had a really good group of kids at the beginning and they were just like tough and I could just throw them any at anything. I put them in tournaments and they would win and they would also be down to lose like these were just like <laughs> tough kids that could bounce back. And when I think about jujitsu, like I I feel like it should be hard, you know. I th- I think grappling should be hard, and it's it's kind of unrealistic to to sugarcoat it, you mm-hmm. know. And I think a lot of sparring and is really important. Like sparring, specific training, basically a, a short warm up, mm-hmm. very like simple drills like where you're basically tricking kids into drilling yeah like either by doing it like gamifying yeah. or um or doing like very very simple things like just toriandos and then you start the kid in a toriando position and you just say go and you do specific training and then you start them on their knees and you just say go right and you know it's there's a lot more to it than that but um no, we get
1: to just like i we
2: said just going going back, I'm going to make trainings harder than than they were before.
1: Mike, know, Mike pushes you know, the you
2: know, shit out of his kids.
1: I know that. Dude, Mike does. Mike, um, Mike he has a judo program as well as a BJJ program and he's just yelling at them. <laughs> he's, he's really pushing these guys. He pushes them way more than he pushes the, the adults class. Mm-hmm. That's really, I think it's important, honestly,
2: because I feel like for the 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 experience of training jujitsu, it's like it should be something hard, and that's something why I that's why I like wrestling because it was hard,
1: you know. Yeah, yeah. And you, and, know, you know the best part about Mike's classes, I'd go to his class early to just watch him get riled up. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'd I'd get in there for the kids program, which happened right before the ls class, and he just, I mean, I. I, I, I hope that some kid will get him riled up that day because uh, um, I guess it gets real fun to watch Mike get frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> Are you training with him yeah. out here in the States? Yeah, so uh, me and a friend of mine or training partner of mine, we go out um, to SF at least once a year. But we were there in December uh, in December of last year. No, in October of last year. ADCC
0: last yeah. year
1: uh right right during ADCC time so we went down to LA also to watch the ADCC oh cool I was
2: there also that was amazing oh you were dude that was that ridiculous. was amazing what a great ADCC
1: you know the next one's supposed to be in Vegas
2: oh that's even better
1: yeah I'm,
2: I'm so well, excited I think that's I know dude be.
1: this is gonna be insane uh, but yeah I was there for a month I was training with Mike um And Mike was six, so I was uh, covering for him at House Nogi class. uh, No way. Yeah, Yeah, dude. Mike speaks really highly of you. He said you
2: won like an ADCC tournament.
1: India, India. Yeah, yeah, so much, dude. (laughs) It's not that big a deal. But Mike uh, has made a point to make a big deal, which is pretty cool. Uh That's so awesome, man. No, that's definitely a big deal.
0: Mike, fake it till you make it.
1: (laughs) 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 He hears this. no mike was here also after, uh during that tournament this was in feb this year uh, mm-hmm. so he was down here in india
0: You took um, him down to goa right after
2: <laughs> i i really want to come out so my my fiance is bengali i'm half
1: pakistani um oh shit yeah so she's i i would what's that she's in bengali where when uh, Where's she from uh, her family's in taka oh nice oh shit okay yeah and
2: yeah, I just I really want to get out to Southeast Asia and do like a grappling tour. Dude,
0: you, know? you must you must. Once have you never have you been some, here? Have you been to
2: India? I've never been to India. I've been to Pakistan 4 times. What were you saying, Mosin?
0: Uh I, all I was saying was right. if you are it's all good. Uh if you are the journeyman grappler, you have to come out to Dude, you got to get Uh this part of the world as well, man.
2: No, oh, I'd love to, man. Honestly, I really would. I, ha- I haven't been to Pakistan since 2012, so I'm due for. I'm definitely due for a trip.
0: So you have family? Is there, there? any
2: training in Pakistan? I do. Oh, yeah, I, I, I have I have family in Pakistan. Yeah, all over, all over. I have family in Karachi, Islamabad, Lahore. Um, yeah. My dad is from a small village in Sialkot, which is uh, outside of Sialkot, right. yeah, right. like where yeah. every single ghee is made.
0: Yes, <laughs>
2: yeah, yes, yes.
0: In fact, even we uh, ordered a bunch <laughs> you of... You guys just.
2: are so good at talking at the exact same time. I mean, like, <laughs> you must be trying.
0: Yeah, we and this never happens, before. you know it, right?
3: <laughs> now,
1: <yeah. laughs> we, we, this we one go. <laughs> <laughs> no, Expedition. dude, all our geese from CL cards. It's amazing. Like, all of them. Uh, and it takes the longest time to get to India because of, you know, India-Indian-Pakistan relations. Mm-hmm. So it'll probably get to you quicker in the States than it would to us in India. Oh, yeah. Those relationships are terrible. I love watching
2: the Indian-Pakistan border ceremony.
1: I've never been, actually. I've only watched it on uh, YouTube. Me too. And, you know, you but I mean, I, it, it is insane. That is some insane. It's so aggressive for
0: no reason. Super aggressive, yeah.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it's it's, it's It's a lot of posturing.
0: It's like all the posturing, none of the fight. Like we got to, like you know, this this is the only contest we have.
2: I feel like so we have this event called Fight to Win, and you know, there's like a stage and a walkout music (laughs) and the bridge, and I've done a few of them. I think maybe for the next one, I'll just like have you know some Pakistani guy with like a trumpet playing it, and I'll do that marching in the background. Yeah, (laughs) stomp and everything. Yeah, and I'll just have like the huge mustache. Dude, that that shouldn't be hard to do right now for you. Oh my gosh, I know. I'm shaving tomorrow. I've been saying that. (laughs) I've been saying that for a month. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you guys also started um, the Guardian National Scholarship as part of the the Guardian Gym. Yes. How was that instituted and um, what, like, how does it work? How do you select the candidate? Because you have so many kids who would be worthy, so many kids who would be in need of something like this. Uh, how does that decision making happen? How do you guys do it?
2: So yeah, Ben, um, the co-founder had actually some kids um, set up with uh, local gyms where he would like he would basically reach out to a local gym, and be like, "Yo, there's this family. They want to train with you." I'd like to pay for their membership. And most people, it's amazing. Most people are like, Oh dude, don't worry about it. They can train for free. Like, don't worry about it. They can train for free. You know, I'll even give them a gi. or we would be like, yo, we'll send them a gi. So, I mean, I think what Ben always says is he doesn't want to open like a million guardians. He wants people to kind of see the benefits of, you know, some segment of, Uh, a free kids program because coming up actually my instructor like let me train for free for quite some time you know and it was in exchange for some other things and um you know they were super cool about that and my instructor even had like a little scholarship thing going on so a lot of gyms do it but they just like they don't formalize it you know Mm -hmm. um and and actually we recently um a friend of ben's Opened Guardian Baltimore, okay. so yeah, and of course, like timing of COVID was just like insane, but um,
0: I think that's been, Guardian that's Baltimore, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful right. location,
1: just jujitsu and yoga.
0: Just, you you mentioned means.
1: formalizing it. Uh, yeah. What does that exactly entail? Um we would try to do something else here? Yeah? So. I mean, like,
2: say say, you guys, so, like, your team. We're, we're, what's your guys'
1: team, by the way? In Warriors Cove. Uh, yeah, Warriors Cove Mixed Martial Arts Academy out in uh, Gurgaon, which is a suburb, very close to Delhi, about 20 minutes out of Delhi. So, like, maybe Warriors Cove has,
2: like, 10 spots, and you guys are like, we keep these 10 spots reserved as a free kids program. And, or, you know, five or three, I don't know, just arbitrary number, mm-hmm. X number of spots. And you guys basically are like, we have a small free kids program and you just make some like, I don't know. I'm just like doing this for you right now. you make some like Google <laughs> form application. <laughs> Thank <entry>. you. Yeah. <laughs> and people like fill it out. And, um, and there you go. You have your like little, uh, like free kids program going, you know? And maybe you have some like rules about like how often they need to train or, you know. Um,
1: coach guard
0: style. Man, yeah, people exactly. don't follow that shit. Like I am finding out. So basically recently I've taken over some of the coaching duties from Ashwin. He's our head coach and he's currently preparing for the ADCC trials in Singapore.
1: So I've so, taken over. So
0: cool. o- yeah, I, I, it's fucking impressive, man. Like I don't have it in me to do that, but. I want to try and help him Hey, to do Fucking fuck train,
1: up. man. <laughs> no, I'm good, I'm good.
0: I'll I'll just tell people <laughs> what to do. <laughs> like uh, but so I've taken over some of his training duties or his teaching duties rather. And uh I'm finding that people man, they come up with a lot of excuses and they're just finding ways to get out. So yeah, what do I'm you do training. to motivate yep. people? Um, and get them back in the gym because if it's too hard, like you, you said, just beat them quick. with a stick. If it's you too beat easy, beat them with a stick.
1: Is that how you get them back in? Uh, because we've tried that. <laughs> that doesn't no, kidding, we kind
2: of yeah, talked about this earlier. Like yeah, you should say that shit. It's hard because I think I think like you can you can coddle and then people you know, might stay, but do you really want those people to stay that are being coddled, you know, or you can make it hard and have those kinds of people stay, but then you have, you're kind of like pushing those people out. So what I've found is like, first off, you need to have a good culture. Like your culture has to be on point in the gym, you know, accepting, you know, not, um, like predatory or just You know, no bad vibes, basically, just to like really simplify it. I think culture above all is the most important thing. And then with that, I think you need to figure out a way where people can succeed, like in little increments, you know, so a good curriculum, a lot of specific training. So if you have just one kind of practice, like everyone can get something out of it. Okay, I'm going to teach a position, we're going to do specific training. So even if this is your first day, you're going to learn the move, you're going to have an opportunity to do it. Yeah. And then we're going to go to free sparring. Oh, it's your first day. Okay. You're going to go with Tim or, um, you know, sit over back here. and watch
0: maybe. And then, you know, when you feel comfortable, get in there. Or Stuff even like
2: actually what I do is I'll be like, okay, you're going to go with, um, you know, you're going to go with Ashwin and you guys, you, okay, this new person's going to go with Ashwin and Ashwin, you're going to do specific training with them. And you just switch top to bottom every time. And the right. new person is going to try to do the move. And, you know, Ashwin, you're going to try to, you know, prevent them from doing it. And so it's just finding like a a balance is really hard, you know, but like I said, I'm, I try to lean towards hard training because I myself Mm -hmm. am am a competitor and, you know, I don't do any like formal curriculums or anything like that where like, I'm like, you need to know ABCD and I'm not against that. I think it works for a lot of different gyms. Mm -hmm. but, you know, I'm just I, – I came up a certain way, and I'm just holding – I'm staying true to my roots. And I've definitely, like, adjusted things, like things that I think, you know, I want to do differently or whatever. But, um, yeah, I think retention can be hard. But, like I said, I would rather have people quit because it's
1: too hard and not because it's too easy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, I'm, I'm, so, in response this, this to that, uh, what about a competition team? So, let's say – you had your competition guys uh, exclusively and you were teaching them. Um, and you had these guys coming in every day to you. They're like, yeah, yo, I want to train. I want to train. I want to train. I want to be this champion. I want to win this. I want to win that. Um, but that guy shows up maybe three times a week. Hmm. Um, and is constantly messaging you saying, I want to win this. I want to win this. And you've, you've tried both methods of, uh, Hey, listen, you need to train or, Shut up and go train. You've tried being the nice guy, the nice coach. You've tried being the hard coach, and nothing seems to work in this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you personally deal with a student like that? Because I know how I would. I mean, a competitive
0: slacker, basically. Like he's good, yeah, but to um,
1: But he's very competitive with his slacking.
0: But the drive to show up <laughs> every day is non-existent like it's when i show up i'll go hard but like i don't have the discipline in me to show up on and on and on and that on a daily basis the grind discipline i feel is a very important part of this whole thing Mm -hmm. Um, and as a
1: wrestler i think your answer would be a little different as well i
0: mean what do you say please enlighten us (laughs)
2: um i definitely have students who say they want to compete and then they get to the tournament and they just like haven't put in the work and you know, I, I think one thing about jujitsu is like, you can just sign up for a tournament and jump in. And the nice thing is, is you're not getting punched in the face, right? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you're going to probably be training on Monday as long as you don't get hurt in the, the tournament. Mm-hmm. So it's just like so easy and accessible. Um, you know, like I, I've had a couple of those and I've been thinking about that recently and Um, what I had for my competitors and it's been a successful thing is I put together a, um, a competition game plan for like a template. And it's basically, what is your plan for, uh, I break down jujitsu for beginners into seven positions, standing full guard, top and bottom, half guard, top and bottom, open guard, top and bottom, mount, top and bottom side control, top and bottom. And Oh, back, top, the and bottom. Back. So that's yeah. seven. And, um, and so figure out something to do from each of those positions. What's your like perfect game plan. And actually I got this, I stole this at, uh, from fifty-fifty from Ryan Hall's Academy. I was training there and there was just, like a, a little pamphlet thing. I was like, yoink. And I, <laughs> and, um, and then made it my own, but I, I did tweak it a little bit. And one thing I added was what's going to be your training schedule right? Mm -hmm. How are you going to train for this? Right. And then I've, I've realized is another thing I want to add is a debrief. Like how did the tournament go? What could you have done differently? Right. So holding people accountable, right? So, okay, look, you filled this out, like stick to it. Right. And then you get them thinking and you get them training and you say, did you drill this? Did you drill that? Right. Like you wrote it on your thing. Like, what are you going to drill? Right. And so you're holding people accountable and, um, you're, you're also like at the end, you're like, well, you won. Congratulations. Look what you did. Like you did everything you were supposed to. (laughs) Or I had one person who did nothing that he was supposed to, but he still won. He's like, wow, apparently I'm really good at triangles. Um,
3: that's that's
0: the worst. That is the worst. What are you doing in the morning
1: today?
0: Um, Nobody came, bro. it was Except just you, it was just uh, Lalit Pushkaraj and I. So I just kind of lifted a little bit and then got to work. But uh, um, hey, okay, cool. Sorry, where, where were we? No, no, no,
2: go ahead. That was that was really it, you know. I think, um, yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, the competitive slacker, you know, you guys really put a term on it that that's. <laughs>
0: Because yeah. it's it's usually the guys who are good, right? So it's not going to be somebody who's not talented. It's not somebody who's not good that wants to do this. Like the guys who want to compete so are usually like guys yeah. who are getting subs in training and are like getting dominant position. They're like, okay, cool. I'd like to try it. But then like, I feel like there's this <laughs> plateau. You there's know? no like,
1: effort to train. There's no plateau. Uh, it's just that these guys in their head, they build up that they're so fucking good. Um, that I don't think training is necessary. Um, well, dealing
2: with those honestly, things. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say I was like one of those people because not in the in the beginning white blue purple I was training a shit ton like I was probably overtraining but the thing was is I wasn't doing like really smart training I would just show mm. up and I would scrap and I would go home and then yeah. I would party on the weekends you know yeah, and yeah. then. Yeah, (laughs) I was just like, you know, typical, like just jujitsu bro lifestyle. And, um, and then I got into college and I slowed down with training and I tried to keep up with competition, but it just, it wasn't happening. And I wasn't being smart about my training, right? Mm -hmm. Because the thing is, is when you don't have like the time to rest and recover from hard trainings, you have to figure out other ways to get better. Absolutely. and that's, and like, I didn't figure this out till like Black Belt, till like my second or third year in Black Belt. And that's when I started having a little bit more success. And I honestly, like, when I, at Black Belt, for, I had, I started off three losses, right? I fought Nathan Mendelssohn twice. I fought Dustin Akbari once at Fight to Win. And I got destroyed in all three of those matches. And then I, and then I was just like, fuck, I need to get one win at Black Belt. And I just know that's going to be like the breaking point. And so, I kind of went back to the drawing board and I kind of like forgot about competition for a while and I just started focusing on technique and I got pretty good with like a lapel guard and got like a lapel guard thing going. And then I just really got specialized and I made my trainings like very specific. Like Mm -hmm. I, I, I had to be way more conscious about training because you know, I wasn't like as athletic as I used to be. I wasn't like, I was working and teaching, so I didn't have time to recover as much. So I had to be like, it wasn't about like winning every round. It was just about getting better. And Lachlan yeah. Giles is way better talking about this than I am. Um, Ryan Hall gets really into these things. And they are people who I admire for how they structure their training. Because mm-hmm. both of them are like, they're not on big teams, right? No. Lachlan's yeah. in Australia.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah. Absolutely.
2: Ryan Hall, um, you know, has really small training camps, you know, and he, he ships in like the best three or four guys to have these really, really specific training camps.
3: Mm.
2: So I started like filming my trainings. I started Mm. like writing down what I was going to drill. I started doing a lot of visualization stuff and like meditation. And it's like all the shit that you, it it was just like all the stuff I've been neglecting that got me better
1: you know. Uh, You have a major in uh, kinesiology, right?
2: Yeah, that's right.
1: That's dope. Yeah, so I uh, actually, so do you think that made a difference in uh, the way you approached training, or you went more balls to the wall because of that? Uh, (laughs) Well, unfortunately, going to college really fucking slowed
2: down my training. I always joke with (laughs) one of my friends, he was like, dude, you'd be so good if you didn't go to college, and I was like, yeah, I'd be so much better at jujitsu if I didn't. I hadn't gone to college what the fuck was I thinking um but I mean like going to a college and um doing like a formal education I mean obviously it like helped me work in like an organization like I know how to write emails and I can like <laughs> fucking talk to people basic life and, you know, skills kids Yeah, basic life skills, basic life skills, like taught me that in college where, so I wasn't like this helpless, like jujitsu person that that's all they can do. Um, So that was nice. I learned to read. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think, I think one thing that was really cool that I learned in college, like, obviously, like all the physiological stuff was really cool. Um, Exercise physiology was great. But I think motor learning in particular was something that was really cool like yeah like motor learning stuff you know okay. uh, block training right you know like t- breaking things down in like pieces and um sports psychology I learned some like pretty cool sports psychology stuff and then that stuff I like carried on into my later training that helped me to get better at black belt because what what belts are you guys
1: I'm purple most blue Nice. So you guys are going to
2: keep on getting better, like really fast, like really, so, really
1: fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have, like nine, I have nine years of training under me and what's has got what, eight years?
0: Eight <laughs> years, yeah. Mm.
2: So, yeah, you guys are going to like just keep on getting better. and But then you'll get brown and then black and then, you know, like that plateau will kind of <laughs> hit, you know, or if you ever have hit a plateau that, you know, it's daily. Yes. Just it's hard to keep getting better, you know. And you have to like do do like little intricate kind of work. Like it's, I I spent a lot of time because I was like trying to figure out like, coach, tell me what to do. Like, tell me what to do. How do I get better? But the thing is, your best coach is yourself. You know, like you know why you suck. You're in your own head. Like you need to like be real about it. You know, and it's it just drives you insane you know, but yeah, it's like all the, it's like, how do I get better by like 1%, you know? And for Uh, me,
1: uh, it's a ton of drilling. Sorry. Sorry.
2: Go ahead. That's, that's really it. Drilling specific training and a lot of like thinking.
1: So Mohit used to have a lot of trouble with that. um, And he was actually back in the day, he was plateauing for what? Two years, Mohit? You struggled with it?
0: Yeah. Basically like I couldn't figure out what the hell I was doing. Like just, I would have zero successes in terms of, you know, catching anything, like just even being in a, in a good position now also, I mean, like that's the game, right? Like the guy underneath you is trying to get out of those bad positions Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's some relative success. And a lot of that, I would attribute to the fact that we've been covering the Danaher systems. Um, I mean, we started with that. And since then, like we've just built upon the BJJ fanatics materials. And I, I do, like, I'm what, a big What more, of what that. Do you,
1: what do you think really helped with the self of Better?
0: I Just think it that, was, Or
1: was it, like, situational training? What is no,
0: it? I think it was definitely getting into the detail of, like, you know, the specific systems. Like, what works in specific positions. Like, a jujikatami Katami is... You know, there's so many different variations of it. Um, you have to know when... Which one works, and that only comes with the refining of that technique by doing specifically. Maybe.
1: What um, I remember is you used to have trouble finishing. So, like, you get to the position, everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then, yeah. So, I think Good. situational training really
0: helped with that, maybe. But again, it was the fine details. I'll give you an example. Like, I was talking to, so we've got a couple of guys who have come down from a different part of India to train with us recently. So, I was talking to uh, one of them, Yush, if you're listening to this. And we were talking about like uh, you know very small details that Dan and keeps talking about. For instance, with the Kimura, it's just like if you control the elbow from underneath and he can't get that position back, you will most likely have that dominance. So if that's the crucial detail that you work in, or even something like inside position, all he keeps talking about, it, maintain that inside position. If you're I mean, giving everybody talks about that Mohit, whatever I'm just I'm just pointing it out as just. If it's one, I'm
2: learning, I'm learning. Keep going. one <laughs> small
0: detail that you focus on for your training that, okay, today I'm not going to give anybody that inside position. You'll see different things opening and different things happening for you in that role. But if every time you're going onto the match, whether it's to drill or to roll, it's all haphazard and I'll see what happens. And you don't have like, even like those micro goals, um, It'll just, I feel like it'll take longer to do whatever it is you're trying to do, like whether it's isolate a limb or the like get position or whatever it is. So that's what I believe will help. It's like the small, 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 smaller details, not give people big picture information.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's hard because, you know, as a teacher, you want to teach so much, but it's really yeah. like the small things that go far.
0: What will they and, remember in pressure?
2: Yeah, what, what will they remember? And I think it's also, it's, it's like people need to have experience, you know, so a ton of sparring time, um, you know, I think a, a lot of times sparring, I think a lot of specific training, you know, because it's so hard for beginners, because it's like they get their guard passed like that. And it's like, oh, shit, you know, like, I didn't even get to do all the things that I was practicing. But <laughs> if you give them a chance, you know, <laughs> I think that's really important. And I think, I think really like honing in on the why and how this works and like, because I think jujitsu, it's like you teach a technique, but jujitsu is messy, right? So like, it's never going to be that way. So being Mm -hmm. able to adapt and like learn on the fly and, um, you know, also like how, how, what's like the, the thing that needs to happen before the setup and like, what's the transition after? You know, those are really important pieces. It's like the the moves in between the moves, as one of my uh, friends, Jim Cotter, likes to say, you know, the, it's it's about the moves in between the moves, you know, and I think I think that's so important and drilling and specific training, you know, honestly, like, go ahead.
0: No, no, please finish after you're done. I have a question for you regarding the same thing. So please. Finish.
2: Yeah. I think one of the great things about COVID is it's given me a lot (laughs) of time to focus on things I've been, um, you know, overlooking and, and like my, you know, my, my fiance and I, Anita and I will be training and we'll take the time to be like, why does this work? Oh, this doesn't work like this. So we'll like talk a lot and then we'll roll and then we'll talk after the roll. And that's super helpful is like, we get to talk Mm -hmm. after, and okay, let's roll again. Right. And just like, being creative and thinking is really, cause a lot of people they use jujitsu totally fine as like therapy. You go, you train, you fricking, you don't think about anything and then it's awesome. Right? Like, yeah. So
0: what was your question? Sorry, Mohit. No worries. No worries. So <laughs> my, I, I agree with you. Like people use this place to, it's not just, to come fight and you know, whatever it's, it's therapy, it's, you know, you, you, you put your suitcase away, your family troubles away, everything away, the mats are your temple, you know, you feel recharged, refreshed, happy problems are, are less. So I, I'm with you on that. You have to be, if you are doing this seriously, you have to kind of look at it from a different bent of mind. But if you are doing it recreationally, then, you know, no pressure.
1: Obviously, much different.
0: Yeah. So coming to um, drilling now, we were just talking about like specific um, techniques or specific bits of information required. I also find that a lot of people are drilling. Like when drilling, I, I like to ramp up my intensity from my training partner. So if we are trying to do something, I'm like, okay, the first, first bit of the technique, I, you know, I want zero resistance from your 10%. And then by the end of it, like 20, 40, 50, like now he's resisting 70%. I should be able to hit it on a 70% resisting opponent because nobody's going to be like a hundred percent resistance.
1: Mm-hmm. I feel like
0: that's something that a lot of people don't do. Like even when they're drilling, they're just going through the sequence of events, but they're not asking for the adequate resistance from the partner or the partner doesn't provide the adequate Interesting resistance. Interesting, Boy, when you
1: drill, you, 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 you go up to 70% resistance?
0: If the guy asks for it. <laughs>
1: is it 70% is pretty high.
0: Yeah, so it's... That's, bas- that's why I always injured, Mohit. I'm just saying 70% is like the last few reps where you're like, okay, what would it actually be like? No.
1: That's like putting on extra plates just to lift two reps at the end of the fucking weight session. Yeah. I'm actually, it's Mohit, I'm, I, I, I hear you because
2: my... Um, Anita and I will train... And sometimes we'll do specific training and we just go too hard. And we're like, well, what the fuck's like, this is just sparring, you know? Mm. So we'll literally be like, (laughs) we're going to go 70 and I'm going to go 50. Right. And then it's like, and then you can get even more specific and say, you have these two things you can do. And I'm going to try to do this like four things, or I'm going to do one thing and you're going to do two things. So like really creating parameters, but let me, I'm going to look this up. I'm gonna pull up my phone. <laughs> Look, I saw this on Instagram, this great like, Ryan Hall quote, and I'm gonna share it. And um
1: you, you, <laughs> so you you change it up me? a little bit. You're left-handed, I'm right-handed. You okay. only have use of one foot, I have use both my feet. Is he here? Did he say something? I thought I saved it. Okay, <laughs> I didn't save it. But Ryan Hall
2: basically is had specific. a quote about like how people they, they just avoid specific training and drilling you know, and, um, it's just, it's such an important part of
1: training. Um, and, so, you know, no, so it's always like, talking about regular drilling. So like a regular drilling session, like if you were, drilling. no,
0: no, I'm talking about like, if you're working one-on-one with someone, um, how do you discover like options is when you are having that sort of interaction, right? Like you, you start working on a basic thing, but then you're like, okay, but if I were to resist this way, then this would not, this entire move would no, not of course, work yeah
1: no, of course
0: so i feel like a lot of people don't do that like that element of no, like but, uh, self you know putting yourself in that space to figure it out as opposed to we just running through the motions coach will tell me coach will let me know you're not figuring it out for yourself you're depending on you know somebody else to tell you this would work or this uh, would not
1: work so i have a counter to that so like um, if i'm teaching a class and I have an asshole like you comes up to me and says what if what if what if <laughs> uh, uh, awesome. I, that does
0: happen. Okay, fair enough.
1: So I answer that very differently. But uh, if you're working something, working on something yourself, uh, that makes a lot of sense. But um, do you do this during normal uh, when I tell you drill something?
0: No, not really. But like when I'm alone and doing it, that's when that's what I'm talking about. Like with uh, at home this, with the
1: wife. I
0: try. <laughs> Moving on.
1: So, so the thing about
2: drilling is I feel like you're trying to like strive to perfection, right? You're trying to do something right. And it's not really exploratory, you know, like drilling's not like a time to explore. That's like drilling's like programming. It's like known, right? And you're just programming. Thank you. So like drilling is like when you're drilling, you're trying to you're trying to drill something into your brain so you can do it well in training. And there's certain kinds of drilling. Like there's drilling, like okay, I'm doing this for the first time, and I'm just doing it really slow. And then there's like there's like speed drilling, where I'm just trying to do this really fast, right? And like the person reacts, and I do it again and again and again. And then there's like and then there's like long drilling, where it's like okay, I'm gonna do this, and then you do that, okay. and you just kind of you flow, right? Yeah. You chain a few moves together. Um, but so drilling, sometimes drilling applies into training and sometimes things that happen in training can apply to drilling so sometimes i'll do something in sparring and i'm like holy shit let me drill this mm-hmm. so after training and i start drilling it and i'm like trying to reinforce this thing i didn't even knew know i knew how to do right but i think it, drilling is so important and it was such a big thing in wrestling and it's not that big in jujitsu now it is now it is but like at the beginning there you know jiu-jitsu is kind of like this martial art it's all about the mystique and it's just like okay do it once I understand let's try it in sparring right but in wrestling like people are just banging out drills you know in yeah. judo too you see it a yeah. lot in yeah judo, you know? judo as
1: well yeah yeah they are just falling pongies, for like
2: an hour so much I talked to we have <laughs> We're lucky to have a few high-level judokas at a, uh, Guardian, and you know we tell them, and th- I talk to them about it, and they just say they drill so much, and and drilling is very structured, and it's very like it needs to be perfect, you know, just perfect. So when you hit that move, you hit it so quick the person cannot react, and they hopefully have not drilled to a point where they're better than you at the counter, right? That you just <laughs> hit that. and you just... It it's, just like, it's like butter, you know? It feels oh so good to hit a move like that, you know? So I think drilling should be sorry, more sorry, about sorry. programming. It's, it's about mm-hmm. programming something into your brain and your muscles to perfection. It's not
1: that exploratory. And you see this with... I mean, you mentioned that the wrestler, wrestlers do this a lot. Um, and I think that... the. One of the reasons why wrestlers are just so fucking hard is because of the grind they put through on a daily basis um, uh do you you said, do you find b j j training easier mm, well, the sport as a
2: whole is a little bit different, and I was gonna say, mohit to your point about like exploring things like that's definitely a thing like you can do that, you know, but it wouldn't be like considered drilling. it's more of like a conversation right Got it. but going back to, uh, Ashwin's question. Um, wrestling is very two dimensional, right? Wrestling is very two dimensional. Jiu jitsu is very three dimensional. It's, and at times can be a little bit slower, right? It is very tough though. Jiu jitsu is tough as crap and wrestling is tough too, but wrestling is more, it's definitely more aggressive and like literally in competition, like you will get called for stalling like this. And then jujitsu you just don't see that. Like one of the first things I noticed when I went to my first jujitsu tournament was how slow it was. It was um the I got to see it my my first tournament was Pan Am's two thousand seven. It was the year Crone Gracie won his weight and absolute at um brown belt and Paul Walker was in the stands watching. I am. Rest in peace, Paul Walker. Peace. Um and, uh, and then also I got to see, um, um, Celcini Vinicius fights, uh, Michael Lungi, And it was like, they were stuck like in this position and they were there for like <laughs> minutes. And I'm like, what the hell? Like this would never happen in wrestling. So is it harder? It's definitely a lot faster. It's definitely faster. It's a faster sport. Um, I was watching like a, uh, event on wrestling and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to watch more wrestling. This is so
1: entertaining. It's almost yeah, more
0: entertaining. I, I think you're right. Like, uh, recently... And the even, stadiums are full these, of
1: people watching.
0: Yeah, these UWW events, the United World Wrestling or whatever wrestling bodies there are, for some reason, their stadiums in like Kazakhstan and shit, they are fully packed. Like, there's not an empty seat for the... Oh, but dude, World even this time had,
1: at ADCC, uh, there were a shit ton of people there.
2: There were, but it was nothing compared to say like NCAA Division One champion. Yeah, Yeah.
1: exactly. You know, like
2: it was like that, that's, I mean, that's on ESPN, you know, that is like a huge, huge thing. Um, Wrestling is at another level, and I think people just recently are, like, I really see it, I saw it in ADCC. First off, wrestling was way better this year at ADCC. Mm. It was at another level. That match with Gary Tonin and Hanato yeah, Kanata. yeah,
1: for
0: sure,
2: dude. And that was fire. And JT Torres, his wrestling mm. is so good. You know, he's more of like the make no mistakes. Like I'm only gonna go in he's unless the you know. Um, I mean, the wrestling's at another level. But you see people training like wrestlers now. You know, they're very <laughs> specialized. They're they're drilling. They're they're programming their their training. I mean, there was a great you know, going back to Lachlan, uh, interview with Lachlan and how he programs his training, you know, and I'm just like, this is a fucking science now. It's awesome. Like jujitsu in the next couple of years is going to just explode. It's going to become, especially competitively, you know, it's, people are going to get really, really good. And oh, I and you uh, see it with like Nikki Rodriguez, like, hey, let's grab like a wrestler, let's show him some jujitsu and throw <laughs> him into ADCC.
1: You know? Dude, he did so well though. Um, he beat he Cyborg. Cyborg,
0: right? yeah, that's fucking nuts, man.
1: Yeah, yeah he's been a black
0: belt for as long as basically hey, Nikki's hey, boy, been alive. Boy,
1: did you watch Hinato Kanuto versus uh, Gaeton?
0: After yeah. Dude,
1: did you, there's a, I, saw, I saw this picture recently of Gary Tonin shooting and he's, he's legit flying. flying across the mat. He's, he's, right in yeah, front he's, of Donahue. I know a picture. He's parallel to the ground and, and yeah, and, and Donahue's fucking expression doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: <laughs> Two minutes to work. Two minutes to work, Tonin.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's a good impression. <laughs> yes, yeah, so,
1: I mean, what do you think of uh, his training methods and his philosophy? Because I heard the way he takes a class is he teaches a method and he goes and sits back against the wall and only goes back in until he has to teach the next sequence. Um, Who's that, Donaher? Donohue, yeah. That
2: I have no idea. If that guy's on another level. You know, like
1: <laughs> I, alien. Even, he's, he's an alien.
2: So I think one thing. When I think about Donaher, actually, when I was in Brazil, that was in 2009, a guy, another gringo I was living with was, was like the best mind in, you know, we were talking about like, who are the best minds in jiu-jitsu, And obviously I'm spitting out Marcelo Garcia and, mm-hmm. you know, like people like that and, um, and Andre Galvone. And he's like, no, there's this guy, John Donaher in New York at Henzo's. And he is the smartest guy in Jitsu, And this was in 2009 and you know i look him up and i'm like okay wow. george st pierre's grappling coach this and that pretty cool you know and um so i think like donahue was basically in the basement with like henzo and all of his savages and he was just like watching these people just like kill each other and he's like going home oh, he's writing he's taking notes <laughs> and, and henzo and all these people they they know what they're doing but like maybe not to the extent that like Donaher could really like break it down and with and,
1: language. And, yeah.
2: Yeah. He's like, he's like a, you know, a zoologist watching like on the yeah, Savannah, yeah, yeah. you
1: know, and, and, <laughs> and, and, you know <laughs> watching like
2: Daniel Gracie and heads ah, on, just like these lines just, like, slaying
1: each <laughs> other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's an interesting perspective because um, I think, the language that he's added to it, and that's made a huge difference. So things that maybe Henzo or Hal for high couldn't communicate back in the day, mm-hmm. he's managed to, and he's managed to do it very, very effectively.
3: Mm-hmm. I think
1: that's what just puts him at another level as an, as an instructor. Not to say that he's better or worse than these other guys, but he's just so managed Jane to. Jane
0: Goodall of Jiu-Jitsu no. guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, no, that's, that's a really,
2: really good <laughs> um, a, yeah analogy one of my favorite instructors is is Lachlan I love his dvds I love his dvds I think for from a competitive standpoint I think Donaher's dvds is more like okay this technique and now this technique um Lachlan is more, it's a little bit more of like a conversation, you know, it, it mm-hmm. feels more of like a conversation. Like you and can sure. do
1: this and this and this. Mm-hmm. And he taught, And
2: you. the cool thing, Lachlan competes, mm-hmm. you know, this guy competes at the highest level and at he, the highest he level, yeah. yeah. And I mean, like you look at his volume six of his k DVD and it's everything he was doing at ADCC,
0: mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And then there's Craig Jones, who's another... Uh, I think uh
1: Loughlin's, I mean Craig Jones was a great coach. coach. Better teacher though. Craig, was good. Craig
2: Jones was amazing. He was very, very he was funny too. He had such a great personality. Um Mike hosted him. He's a, he's a likable guy, right? Yeah, he was yeah, such, I know, he was Mike like a hosted I, him. Yeah, yeah. I was like, bro, what are you up to a this? Let's a get a beer, you know? like this guy's hilarious. You know, he was just super <laughs> cool. um, you know, really likable guy. Um, Lachlan too. Like Lachlan, Lachlan, I think is maybe maybe a little bit more like the Donoher. You know, like just maybe a little bit more reserved. And but I mean, he's he's funny. He cracks jokes all the time. And um, I I know someone who trained with him for a while, and they they said he was he he was really great. So yeah.
0: So what's a typical day for you like with? um all your uh, let's obviously without covid and all this nonsense how do you go about navigating your coaching and teaching and Your your own your own training exactly
2: it was hard for a while at the new space we ramped up all the classes so and i i was like trying to organize help and stuff like that i mean for a while i was teaching like 15 classes a week it was insane um, so I had to really be careful about my own training. Um, <laughs> my, my train, my energy was very precious and my voice was very precious. <laughs> I mean, was very um, but, um, like basically I would, I would break down, like I would, I always try to keep a day in between my Gi trainings. Cause I feel like Gi really breaks me down, you know, like just the grips. Cause like Ghee, you can just squeeze and hold as hard as you want.
3: Mm.
2: Right. Um, so I would like do every other day for ghee training, like three days a week. And, and then I would try to do like, you know, three or four days, no gee. And, um, you know, I would, uh, train, I would try to, you know, tr- I, I always like to train with my students. You know, I think that's really important is rolling with your students. Um, and and then you know i would have like maybe twice a week i would go to um Health gracie berkeley to train um where i'm from with my instructor and i'd get like some of the really high level gi training um i would go sometimes to empire to train um you know so they're they're really How, great how's that thing? yeah it's good right huh? Yeah, so I mean I'm I'm very close with Jake Scoville who runs it and I know Kurt and um so you know I would go there to train sometimes and I'd go to Black Sheep out in Marin to train with like Wolf Barnetto and Danny yeah. Spear. Yeah. So I wish stories about Wolf, man. He's amazing. He's such a funny guy. He is an absolute beast and now he's like He's like a wizard living out, out in the woods with his little team. He just like, stop competing. All he wants to do is like train and hang out with his dog and live the good life. Like, he's got it figured out, and he's like only 26.
1: <laughs> good for him, man. That's, that's, yeah. It's, I mean, it's a balance, really know? you know.
2: You gotta do things because you really wanna fucking do them. Like, you mm-hmm. shouldn't do things because you feel like you have to,
3: you, have you to, know? Man.
2: And, um, that's what I realized with competition. Like, I'm just like, man, I, you know, I just want to keep getting better and I just want to like test my guns in competition every so often. Mm -hmm. And that's honestly when I started getting better, you know? Um, so, you know, just like have fun, trying new things, you know, have fun, work, playing around with your a game. Um, and you know, just get out there. And when you want to compete, like take it seriously, but don't like kill yourself, you know, like be smart about it because all you have is your body. And when you fuck up your elbow or fuck up your knee, like that's going to haunt you. That's going to haunt you for like, it
1: might heal. It might be here, but it's going to haunt you like five years down the road. So Moitz had what two ACL surgeries?
0: (sighs) Yeah. When I was 17 and 19 blew them both out. Jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu related. Fucking soccer, football.
2: Oh,
0: soccer's the worst. <laughs> yeah, don't play yeah,
1: soccer, man. people. Dude, it's so dumb. <laughs> just, a ball. No to soccer. He just said no. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> so, no bueno.
1: No, but um, I, I have a follow-up question. So, how is um Empire Academy, how is how, the Academy doing? Uh, so, Moet, if you don't know, this is... Uh,
0: Kurt an
1: Academy started by Kurt Osiander and, yeah. and Jake Scoble. After his place from
0: Half, right? Yeah, so
1: they went in Open Empire, which is in uh, it's on Mission Street. There. No, yeah, it's on
2: Mission Street. Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah. So, oh,
2: um, yeah, they're they're doing good. You know, I think there's enough jujitsu to go around for it's for easy. everyone to be okay. <laughs> uh, at least you know pre-COVID, you know, jujitsu is really <laughs> blowing up. People are opening gyms left and right, and mm-hmm. um, everyone's doing fine. You know, I think. I think, and and it's kind of cool because each gym has its own culture. Yeah, you know, so um, like, like say say this tenth planet, right? Like that's for sure its own culture. Say there's like yeah, exactly, yeah, and the earth is flat. Cult,
1: the cult sure.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <culture. laughs> you can't say culture without saying cult. Yeah. That's really what people are looking for. They're looking for like a cult to, jo- to join, you know, <laughs> I think I think that that's like, a, everyone wants their tribe, you know, and there's positive and negative tribes. So everyone's like, and Jujitsu is a great tribe. You know, it's an awesome tribe that's going to destroy your body.
1: <laughs> sure, it is too. No,
0: it is. Yeah, that's all right. Boy, like I, so I so feel like we got right, a few more years, like while the wheels just actually. I mean, I have
1: off. a few more years. More, you don't have those weeks, many
0: years, bro, bro. Weeks. <laughs> <Or> <laughs> time. All right.
1: I'll
2: tell you this. I'll tell you this from a person who's been doing grappling for a long time. I am so mad at myself for neglecting mobility training and flexibility training. Put down the weights. Put down everything. Just focus on your mobility, right, and your range of motion. Like, that is so crucial. Holy shit, I just started doing that stuff now.
0: Have you started doing any yoga, Calum?
1: If you had had joined 10th Night earlier, you'd be way ahead on the game.
2: But, like, that's like hyper-mobility. Like, (laughs) there's a difference between flexibility and mobility, right? Like, flexibility, you can touch your toes but do you but do you own it but honestly like yeah i'd probably like pop my knee if i was doing rubber guard you know like, <laughs> um,
0: yeah.
2: but I, like
0: i completely agree with you like i've been doing yoga for about 5 years i don't know if you guys uh, you, you must you must have heard of nick gregorides uh is this black belt
1: he's he's a advanced uh, black belt right
0: i think so uh, let yeah, me just
1: yeah, yeah. He is the first guy uh, who who Stuart
0: Cooper made a film on. I think so. I think so. Yes, you're right. Where he talks about the journey never ends, like jujitsu is like life. The journey never ends. You know, you just, it just just changes, evolves. Like when you're young, you're explosive. When you're old, you have to be more, you know, uh, sly with your game, et cetera. Um, But, but he, yeah, because that's what it is, man. The first time I ever rolled with a black belt. Okay. So this is what happened. He was, um. he was just going with everybody in the class. I had moved from India to England and it was like my, one of my first classes there at Gracie Baha in uh, London. And the guy was just lying there flat on his back with his arms behind his head. <laughs> All right. So I'm like, this, this doesn't seem like th- there's something wrong with this ominous. I, this is not yeah, ominous. Yeah, I was like, yeah. man, fuck this, fuck this. But of course, inexperienced me went in for a side control. And the moment I got side control, he just like, American Army swept me. And like, he was literally fucking with me, you know, because uh, yeah. my, my arms were all, all over the place. And I have lost my train of thought with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I remember
3: too. <laughs>
0: Sweet Jesus. What was I going to say? Oh, man.
2: Oh, we're talking about mobility and uh, so, right, 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 Training for life. So
0: right, My, uh, thank you so much, Caleb. All no right, uh, Nick Gregoritis. That's what he was, he he speaks about it. That jujitsu is like life; the journey never ends. And he's one of the first guys who speaks about like how yoga changed his game and basically his recovery improved like substantially. When he incorporated doing mobility and yoga, and even that gymnastica natural, uh, if you haven't done it or you haven't checked it out, like that's really good stuff to do for your jujitsu game. But I feel like people don't want that's to do That's just that animal movements, though, right? Yeah. 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 It's like in, but with like some jujitsu movements also. And yeah, but people don't want to do that
1: stuff because boring no, it's boring as hell,
0: right? No, and it's hard to do. Let's and be honest. Hard. Like it's, it's hard. fucking yeah, hard, it's hard, hard to do. It's it's significantly hard. easier to take lie down on a bench and just push it over your head. Um, <laughs> and it's no, like yeah, it's right. People
2: like that more too, you know,
0: the aesthetic of that also, I guess is a big part of it, right? Like you it's know, like
1: getting ripped. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Nobody wants yeah. to look like the hippie in the, but did you just get
1: into, and, uh, into like uh, mobility right now? Yeah,
2: actually. I mean, like, I I was in always COVID? interested in it, but like now I've like really focused on it. Like I'm going to get more you know, so I've like really put away a lot of time to do yoga and um kin stretch classes that we were I'm so lucky What's to that? have. Um basically it's oh, no, no. I can't really speak too much to it, but um mm-hmm. it's some science backed ways to str- exactly yeah like very so slow lit. like they basically go Ooh, to the man. end ranges of your motion
0: and have you like basically attain that range of motion uh actively as opposed to passively where passively would be somebody grabs your arm and stretches it back this is you okay. like physically putting all the things in place and taking it you know to the extreme that you can and yeah. really slowly, not explosively. So it really so works I the inside.
1: It's, it's oh. mobility.
0: Yeah, but mobility. yeah, so
2: that's like mobility exactly, rather than flexibility.
1: And mm-hmm. it's, it's just really changed things for me. Yeah, Yeah. yeah Kinspech does really your good work that. When you blew out your ACL, did you have surgery for that? I did. And is it good to go now? Your, um... My good knee. Back to normal. Oh, it's my good knee now. Yeah.
0: Mm. And yeah, because the, I've heard
1: that when people... Um, two years after people get a surgery, they blow out the other knee. Uh, God. Thankfully, that was not me. Yeah, right. that was not me. But um,
2: it does happen. It's very, very common. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, statistically. Yeah.
0: So is that your I mean, advice I, for I, young I, grapplers? Definitely get into... <laughs> Uh, flexibility and mobility Mobility. training as soon as you can
2: absolutely yeah but shit ton of yoga i i think i think strength and conditioning is important you know like strength is important but like people get too caught up with like big heavy lifts and stuff like that and i i don't know it, it depends on who you are and like maybe you're already flexible and you need to strengthen up that makes sense but i find that most grapplers when they get into training like they need to work on their, you know, they should be doing yoga. They should be doing this kin stretch stuff. Um, and then yeah, also so you're not wrecking your body so you can train more too. Because people like, they have day jobs, so they probably can't be doing deadlifts and then doing training and then going to work or, you know, mm-hmm. it's right. just, it's not, it's not sustainable. You know, and then also I feel like when you're lifting, you're also training yourself to be like, and if you're training like that, you're going to like, like just hurt something. Dude, so. That
0: happened the other day. So I mentioned earlier, these two guys came down from a different part of India to train with us. They're from a, diff- <laughs> no, they're from a different academy in a different part of South the country. India. And they came down amid COVID to Delhi <laughs> to our Academy to train with us since we're opening up now. So one of the guys, he was lifting with our comp team. He just showed up and the comp team was doing their lifts and he got really excited and he just went for it. Blew out his back, blew out his hamstrings. He's like like crab (laughs) walking all over the place for the last three days.
2: That's terrible. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, I think lifting can be problematic sometimes. Like the higher-end athletes, like say a Dante Leone, you know, like Johnny Tama gary Tonin, like if they want to they could probably do it you know just because they're like they're specimens they they have everything they have the flexibility the strength like you know they can do it but like you know i think just average white belt walking in like you need to kind of wait and ease into it ease into it yeah go slow people get really excited especially when they see (laughs) our our weight set up at the new guardian people just go nuts they just start grabbing things and like lifting it above their head like a Caveman, caveman Mike.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> hey, there it is. <laughs> He's very technical Brought it back full. Time. A very good training partner. All right, man. Uh, so, uh, Caleb, where can we find you on Instagram? Your journeyman grappler is that correct? That's right, journeyman grappler.
2: Um, that's that's my Instagram account. You know. Check me out. Um, Guardian Gym, we just started the move of the week. We should be posting a new one tonight, um, just having some fun with that. I think I that think awesome. the guy's going to add in a blooper reel because there are a lot of bloopers in this last one. But, um, guys, thank you so much for uh, reaching out to me. I can't wait to meet you in person. Dude, yeah, I can't wait to fan with you, man. Yeah, I, I wish you guys the best through all this these hard times. And, um you know, let's stay in touch. Honestly, like let's, absolutely. let's do this again sometime and hopefully the next time it'll be in person.
1: For sure, dude. Yeah.
0: Kayla, it was an honor to so be on much. your show. We really yeah. Appreciate thank it. you guys.
1: And thank you for the, the selfless work you uh, do, man. Yeah. some oh, do it. That's I'm really like, amazing. On, and an stuff it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Guys, take care. Stay healthy. Oh, Good, Good night. Brother. Bye.
1: See you guys.